Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pneumatic Materials. This is episode five and a half, the second and final part of our conversation with the artist Nick Fasatsky. We get deeper into our talk on reality shifting, uh, but we also cover topics ranging from the United States Secret Army to the Hemisync Institute to disassociative identity disorder um, and the fragmentation of identity characteristic of our contemporary moment. Um, and we also hear Nick's vision for Ghostbusters 3. This is a great episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With this other stuff that we're talking about is elevating these IPs to a, a, a religious level, mm. mm-hmm. right? It's a complete... It's like you're, you are wanting and desiring something to a degree that I feel like at a certain, at a, a long time ago, maybe not that long ago, people desired, tried to imagine heaven or conceptions of heaven or hell that were given to them through the church, right? Yeah, well, I, I definitely think that... Like, what is hell in Dante's Inferno? It's his own personal thing. Yeah. Right? Where everyone he, who, who did him dirty is burning. It's not for yeah. everybody else. That's his hell. Well, I, th- I think there's definitely something with – so these established IPs, they are – like Harry Potter and the Marvel Universe do provide a moral framework to some extent. It's obviously like incredibly cheapened and commercial, but it is a universe or a world that has meaning you know, kind of imbued within it um, and the space of the narrative – its structure of, you know, tension and resolution and all these kind of tropes of fiction, um, yeah. of narrativity, give it a, a, a sense of meaning, um, where the, our world today, because not only has, I mean, obviously like the narratives and ideological structures of, of churches and, and major religions are, are kind of teetering or, or failing in large part in the West. Um, also political, um, narratives, of communism and socialism, definitely, you know, um, liberalism now also kind of seems, um, on its edges and the, the way a liberal framework like provides meaning is, is also, you know, yet severely challenged. Um, and so I think inhabiting the space or the dream of inhabiting a space that has either a, a, maybe not a set future, but the Harry Potter, the Potterverse, the the MCU have they, well, they all bend the rules framework. in supernatural ways, right? Yeah, to be a superhero, uh, even if you're, I don't know, if you're Spider, whatever, right? They, and if that happened in this reality, we would consider that, yeah, supernatural. Or yeah. if you're moving into the Harry Potter universe and there's magic, it's the same thing. All of like, where is where is the most mundane IP people are shifting into? Like, what is that one? Let's go back to the list. I feel Clifford, like it's probably the big red dog, maybe. Like, uh, it's probably Bridgerton. I mean, I, mm, like I said, mm. I don't really know that much about that, but like uh, from your description, like that's the only one that's sort of like similar to my reality shifting desires is just like going back to like a, like a better point in the past, or like a more like desirable point in the past. Um, yeah, are there any like I mean, shifters I- who want to be like go into Lord of the Rings just to like be a gardening hobbit just to and toil like look at frodo oh, yeah, totally. and like what's that asshole doing i'm gonna stick yeah. to my gonna enjoy my life smoking my pipe yeah. and, and <laughs> eating imagine, my- <laughs> imagine like a somebody who wants to like reality shift back into like the movie blue collar where they're like <laughs> wow. uh you know like oh my uh, god you know, like uh, my job's still gonna be kind of like alienating but at least uh you know at least like the the I, at least i'm a union member Oh God! It's the seventies. Has anybody great. shifted yeah. into the Office universe? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Any Jim? Let me, uh, let me look that up. Someone right who now. actually has an office job. They're like, it's just not. It's not cringy enough here. I would rather. I'm gonna be... go shift into the Office. Oh mm. God! Yeah. <laughs> I think I I, I want to shift into the world from that book, Less Darkness Falls, early time travel book, where uh, archaeologists get transported back, and he knows all of the stuff about the time, and he basically helps like defeat the Visigoths and like changes Italian history. He, he knows oh, he can never yeah. come back. I love that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it ends with him like building uh, a certain kind of advanced boat ahead of its time to get to North America, so he can get tobacco. Sick. Yeah, that's so it's pretty. It's actually yeah, really that's good. Such a good story. I'm just thinking of like that Mark Wahlberg quote about 9/11, where he's like, 
If I was there when the Goths sacked Rome in 410 AD, it wouldn't have gone down like that. We'd still be living in. Yeah. Uh, they don't know how we do it in Boston. <laughs> yeah. The glory of Rome um, would still be <laughs> would extend to the four corners of the earth. Uh, I like to think that uh, Mark Wahlberg has said similar things, uh, like about like his nine eleven courts. Like if I'd been on that flight, there'd been a lot of there'd be a lot of blood on the floor of that plane. Uh, just about like Jesus. any flight that had like too many uh, Vietnamese passengers <laughs> yeah. on it with him. Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, I'm actually banned from the Wahlbergers uh, um, Instagram account because they rolled out a Bon Me oh, a couple yeah. years ago, and I commented, <laughs> yeah. uh, "You should call it a blind me." Oh <laughs> God! Yeah, for all of our listeners uh, yeah. who, who may not know, if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you know. But uh, Mark Wahlberg in the '90s, I believe. Um, uh severely uh bludgeoned uh a vietnamese man uh to the point of, of blindness i believe he lost yeah. an eye um, and he uh he has never apologized for it publicly and when people ask him about it he's like well it's not really like much of a point anymore because i feel like i'm not really the same guy that i was back then that's such a great that's such a great move i've changed <laughs> yeah. i've i've moved on I've cha- I'm yeah. not that guy. I've changed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't he, didn't he just say something about like blessing up? You know, you got to stay blessed up to cry. Yeah. Out. Yeah. He's he's an interesting. Uh... Yeah. He gets up at three thirty every morning. Have you seen and, like, his gym? To bed at six. The gym in his house. You should look at it. I I think I've yeah. seen some videos of him getting a pump on. I will say I have yeah. watched the other guys on a plane twice, and I thought it was hilarious. And I have to I oh, hate to admit movie. it, but fuck, that yeah. movie is funny. Adam McKay's last good movie. Yeah, that last one was just kind of a... Still not going to watch it. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, no, we might be getting sorry. on topic. Just <laughs> to moving right. into right. right. a Yeah, back to this. Let's um, get back to this shit. To bring yeah, shift yeah. back on topic a little bit, here's a here's a post from AminoApps.com. I shifted to the office reality for a sec. Uh, posted by Fettuccine uh, Alfredo. Um, so from my profile picture, you can safely assume I am trying to get to Hogwarts. But as Office fans may know, I just got taken off Netflix and onto Peacock where you have to pay for it. So, of course, my December was just rewatching The Office and nothing else. So I've been trying to shift and was focusing on Hogwarts, but my mind wanders. So I thought of The Office uh, making it kind of hard. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, classic Michael Scott joke. Um, <laughs> so one night I was trying to shift and felt my surroundings change and opened my eyes and I was sitting in the break room with Jim and Kelly. Uh, I know it wasn't just a dream. Let me tell you, Jim is fine IRL, like wow, and Kelly is so gorgeous. plus. Uh, but anyway, I was like really confused because I was literally sitting in the break room at Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch. So I rubbed my eyes and then I was back in my bed and was like upset because I wanted to stay but still happy that I shifted. It's real besties. So are they sleeping? Oh, or, or, like, I don't understand. Well, that's something I've actually is, never is been it, clear on. If it's if it is like lucid dreaming, where the idea is you go to sleep and you then transfer worlds, or, or is this or, some sort of like like fictional astral projection? Like, yeah. Uh, well, so let's uh, let's go through some of the the strategies that uh, I found on TikTok. Um, okay. I've got like some screen grabs that I think are from like one long montage. But uh, to start, we have. Hayes method uh, with the um, uh, the warning: you should be decently tired before doing this method. Two exclamation points. Uh, step one: lay down in a comfortable position in your bed. Visualize that you're uh, watching yourself from above, laying down in a bed in your dr. If you have uh, somebody laying down with you in your dr, visualize them with you. Try to visualize everything, as this will help you greatly. Two: count to 150 in your head slowly, controlling your breath and staying still. After some time, you should start to feel tingly and warm. This is a uh, part of the process. Don't move. Don't open your eyes. Stay still. Uh, after some time, you should start to feel your body get heavy as you start to drift to sleep. This is completely normal. When you wake up, you should be uh, either you should be in either you, your WR or your DR, whichever you put intention into. Hope this helps you all. This method has been effective for me. This sounds a little like uh, Robert Monroe's hemi-sync entrainment tapes. Yeah. Really I was does. thinking, too, of, like, I, I remember, like, being a teenager or whatever and finding lucid dreaming techniques. Yeah. And it seems very... Yeah. They have the... He ha, he would have his people... Which, by the way, the, the army is still sending people here, this institute, for for brain, well, for, for brain entrainment. But what it, what it actually is... Uh, allegedly, it's Sissy Hypno. 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 Yes, it's hypno. a Sissy yeah. Hypno Institute. And I, he always has them... Um, it's up to you to imagine a waiting room, essentially. And within this waiting room is 
like one of the one of the journeys I read was a guy who was like I think he's really into uh, Jules Verne, so he would imagine like the interior of oh, the Nautilus, God. and he would wow. be in the library of the Nautilus. So whenever he found himself there, Robert Monroe would be in another room, and there'd be like a lead wall up, and he'd have a lead lined envelope with like the objective to go to, and this guy would do it, and so he would pick a book off the wall. And the book contained like the basically the entry to where he was going to go. I mean, it's, it's so it's it's not it's not dissimilar to these oh, no. government these government sanctioned techniques for essentially for astral projection at at the, yeah. at the Monroe Institute and places like that. Um, you know, I allegedly. Mean, um, I have another uh, strategy here, which is literally the staircase method that uh, I believe has some uh, historical backing to it. It's. Uh, used by the main character in Alan Moore's uh, Providence to experience lucid dreaming. Uh, it's, it's like the same thing. So yeah, they're incorporating uh, sort of like uh, motifs that have been around for a while into this like new phenomenon of uh, reality shifting. But it's, yeah, it's literally like the staircase method is when you imagine yourself climbing a staircase. Oh, I think in uh, Providence you're descending, but uh, whatever. And when you get to the top, there's a mirror where you're supposed to look at yourself Really observe yourself since it's the last time you will see that version of yourself for a while. Even if you made yourself look the same in your desired reality as your current reality, uh, then when you are done, you feel ready to shift. You look behind you, and there is a character from your desired reality, and they ask you, are you ready to go? And you say yes, and take their hand, and they lead you through a door uh, behind them, and you go through the door, and there's your desi desired reality through the door, and then you go to bed. Uh, don't move during this process. And when you wake up, you should be there. I'm gonna try this shit out. Well, it's it's. I mean, it is very interesting that these these techniques that have been around in in one form or another are kind of you know they're they're popping up. You ever do iDoser in high school? I yeah no. I think I listened to them like more recently just from like hearing it. Um, now it's like a on the, thing. On the I, I remember ripping it ripping it off because ah, uh, and try they had all these different tri trips. Like this one's like the face of God. This is like meth. Oh this yeah. And trying yeah. them and just for like hours, just lying down, just listening to them because I couldn't, I couldn't get weed, you know. So you just listen to them. Yeah, listen yeah. to the hope. That, yeah. Well, I mean, this is it, it's. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how relevant of an example this is, but the for for like memory purposes, less than like a reality shifting. I mean, going back to like Cicero in you know the like in roman you know in the roman era he describes a technique of essentially like memory training where you create a kind of mind palace and you visualize yourself walking through this palace or like your house um you could do it with your apartment and if you have like a speech or something you try to as you walk through this you know this imagined uh, apartment or house or whatever you associate different parts of your speech or any things you want to remember like with a specific object so it's like a little in bit your like house hmm. yeah yeah so you like put you know you open your sock drawer and you put whatever your thesis statement or something like in there um and so then huh. like as you kind of repeat this and you you walk back through this house you know you or as the technique would go, you you can like remember parts of your speech as you encounter these objects in your house. I mean, there there was also this. Um, I think like I just googled it. Like Giulio Camillo has this idea of the theater of memory, and it was like a different um, system of uh, what is it mnemonics? mnemonics. I think like okay. yeah, like the systematized. Um, study or practice of mnemonics like throughout history um I, I guess it has a pretty significant like difference in in its objective um but I, I don't know i mean certainly like the power of the mind to you know bring you into kind of different states i mean like that's that's been demonstrated like it, mesmerism is yeah, the version totally. of this to other people it's yeah. like you forcing other yeah. people to reality shift i mean you're forcing somebody to shift and and look at this stare is, at office gym this is where we should insert the <laughs> yeah. scene the audio from twin peaks where where major briggs is talking to bobby about his mind the mind palace yeah, the dream sure. the dream the dream he has okay a vision i had in my sleep last night as distinguished from a dream, which is mere 
sorting and cataloging of the day's events by the subconscious. This was a vision, fresh and clear as a mountain stream. In my vision, I was on the veranda of a Whoa. vast estate, wow. a palazzo of some fantastic proportion. There seemed to emanate from it a, a light from within this gleaming, radiant marble. I had known this place. I had, in fact, been born and raised there. This was my first return, a reunion with the deepest wellsprings of my being. Wandering about, I noticed happily that the house had been immaculately maintained. Returning to the house's grand foyer, came a knock at the door. My son was standing there. He was happy and carefree. Clearly living a life of deep harmony and joy. We embraced a warm and loving embrace. Nothing was held. My vision ended. I awoke with a tremendous feeling of optimism and confidence in you and your future. That was my vision of you. You? I'm so glad to have had this opportunity to share it with you. I wish you nothing but the very best in all things. Thank you, Dad. See you later, Paul. Okay. Yeah, um, and also, like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if it's just, just because I've been doing, like, a little bit of research about, like, uh, George Estabrooks and Milton Erickson lately, but that also sort of seems like there are, like, parallels with, like, uh, neurolinguistic programming and, like, hypnosis. Uh, but I guess, like, in the case of reality shifting, it's sort of, like, it's, it's like, self-hypnosis rather than being, you know, like, MCAT or whatever. Here, I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring a level to this. I have this study from ncbi this is a contemporary study about reality shifting it's titled reality shifting psychological features of an emergent online daydreaming culture i'm just gonna read the abstract reality shifting also known as rs as they say uh is a trendy mental activity that emerged abruptly following the flare-up of the covid 19 pandemic in 2020 and seems to be practiced mainly by members of the post-millennial generation rs described as the experience of being able to transcend one's physical confines and visit alternate, mostly fictional universes is discussed by many on internet platforms, capitalized, hilarious. Uh, one RS forum boasts over 40,000 members and RS clips and some social media platforms have been viewed over 1.7 billion times. The experience of shifting is reportedly facilitated by specific induction methods involving relaxation, concentration of attention, and auto-suggestion. Some practitioners report a strong sense of presence in their desired realities, reified by some who believe in the concrete reality of the alternate world they shift to. One of the most popular alternate universes involves environments adopted from the Harry Potter book and film series. We describe the phenomenology of RS as reported online and then compare it to related phenomena such as hypnosis, telpomancy, dissociation, Ooh, immersive, immersive and maladaptive daydreaming. Oh, boy. And lucid dreaming. We propose <laughs> we propose a theoretical model of interactive factors giving rise to RS and conclude that it is an important, uninvestigated, emerging phenomenon and propose future research directions. It's kind of a dark study and it's very neoliberal wow. in its appropriation yeah. of this phenomena. And they go deep. Like the, the description of Tolomancy is very accurate. It's yeah. uh it's it's a little hard to swallow, but I feel I know the study at certain points makes suggestions about incorporating it into therapy as well. Going into, Ooh. so think about like art therapy, you know, they already make virtual environments for like for, you know, people with PTSD. I know the army does, the army, there's a, there's a lot of research into this. I think on streaming at one point we watched a video where some guy, they re, they've racially recreated the, the war zone he lived through and recreated the, the event. 
and they forced him to go through it in VR and experience the entire thing as a, as a way to get over it. Yeah, I think that piece um, you're referring to is Serious Games yes. by Harun Faraki. Thank you. Um, which is, Thank you. yeah, I uh, highly recommend uh, that all of our listeners check that out. How I mean, many kids do you know had imaginary friends growing up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, 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 at some level, like... Do you remember when you were a kid? Anyone you know had imaginary friends as a child? I'm sure a couple of my uh, friends. I can't remember yeah. specifically off the I top don't... of my head, but it. I mean, it is very... Yeah, it's, it's very common. They're like, I remember, I mean, this is like tangentially related, but generally as a, as a child, your grip on reality or what constitutes reality and what separates it from like a dream or a video game or a movie or whatever, it, I mean, it seems a lot more permeable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that it, it seems like as you you're cultured into society, you, I don't know, you get locked into the ruts, um, these patterns, or you just get better, maybe better is not the, the right way at, at understanding, you know, what constitutes this reality and what is outside of it. I had like a imaginary scenarios. Like I had this closet in my room when I was a kid that had these like bookshelves built into the wall that I pretended was, were like a part were, were like, uh, the levels of like an apartment block and I'd have like Lego characters or whatever, like living in them. But I feel like that's, that's different than having like a, like an imaginary friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely like, um, I don't know, even with just like regular Lego sets or whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, I, mean, I, I anthropomorphize yeah. my toys, yeah. but I didn't, I don't, yeah. I don't remember having a consistent homie. The, the most, like, I guess like relatable situation I have is something like that was, um, when my mom got pregnant with my sister, she bought me like a baby doll to sort of like uh, acclimate me to like there being like a baby in the house. And so I would pretend that like my bedroom was like an apartment and that I was like a single dad. <laughs> and my mom has this like uh, like this like this like family uh, video of like interviewing me about like my like apartment in the house and like me taking care of this baby. And at one point, my mom was like. Oh, so that's like your baby? Uh, uh, what happened to the baby's mom? And I just like very matter of factly just go, she died. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, with shifting, like, I feel like traditional forms of spirituality involve like um, bringing something back with you. Okay. Yeah. It's more, and shifting, it's like you don't bring anything back with you. And I think it just creates more of a desire to, to go. Shifting feels like more like a transcendent. Uh, does activity, a temporary transcendence while, yeah. and, and it's not, it's not, there's nothing imminent about it. I feel. You yeah. Know? It's very like escapist. And I feel like it's, there's like kind of like a distinction between that and like traditional forms of like, um, like religious reveries or something like that, where you, you might have, you know, have like a vision of heaven or something like that. Um, but I, I feel like in a lot of like the, uh, the records of like people having like, um, you know, revelatory visions or, or whatever. It's, it's not like it's accompanied by like a desire. It's it's not, it, I don't think it's like generally like something that you do willfully usually, unless if it's like drug induced or something like that, it's usually like something that happens kind of like apropos of nothing or I don't know. I'm thinking mostly of like Joan of Arc. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, just rewatch that movie. Well, there's Carl, Carl Dreyer. Great movie. I mean like, uh, what uh what Joan of Arc is that? What year did that come out? Carl oh, the, oh, the like the twenties oh, okay. German Expressionist one. Yeah, I, 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 I recommend cool. it. Her, her I saw the um, I watched the John Malkovich one. Uh, uh, Mila Jovovich and John Malkovich. Oh, I think wow. from like the the mid nineties. You should, Nick. You yeah. should watch. You should watch this one because it, she barely she barely speaks. It's you can see that Whoa. in her the way they, she communicates with her eyes. It kind of reminds me of like old French gargoyles that are supposed to be angels. They have a smile, yeah. but like the eyes are like it's the intensity of them is beyond pleasure and pain. Whoa. It's like some weird, I don't know, whatever. I recommend it, but um, uh, that's yeah, it's a good. Hmm. Well, so another difference between um between the the religious rev reverie um and the shifting um there it, it seems like the kind of mystical experience of unity with 
everything, God, uh, what have you, ego, death, you're, it's underlining some, uh, well, some kind of base that, you know, is also behind the world that you exist in. You know, it's a way of, or it, it reaffirms the meaning um, of the world you inhabit. Um, yeah. Whereas when you kind of establish that there is the Potterverse and out here where I live, I'm permanently, uh, I'm permanently separated from Harry Potter or God's grace. Um, yeah. All right. So you're, you're, you're creating a situation. Oh, in which we made the demiurge again. Fuck. Separated. Yeah. yeah oh, from, from, yeah. The from this, oh, we, this experience of meaning. Uh, demiurge is there, but yeah. make it Disney. Yeah. Oh, oh God. yeah. Shit. God, that's so bleak. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Cause if I think about like the experiences that I've had in my own life that like have felt very sort of like, like I'm like approaching some kind of like uh religious, I don't know, like, experience it's like it's in like very like communal situations it's like i don't know like family funerals or like um participating in like sacred harp singing or something like that where like you're basically just like sacred harp singing is basically trying to like simulate what like the the heavenly chorus would sound like uh like irl so you're just like doing this sort of like very uh intense like singing with like a group of other people and it's just really like um uh like uh, it's just really like intense and like um it's like entrancing or, almost you sing yeah um I've, I've participated in groups a couple of times like ironically like uh when i was living in maine uh i found uh a sacred heart group like literally down the street from my house at a church that i thought was abandoned uh and then like two weeks later uh, so i went to like one meeting there and then like two weeks later uh the uh pandemic happened I was going to say, I'm in abandoned church. No more, in, in no more choir. Like, I don't think yeah. it would sacred work. Harp. I don't think you could do sacred, sacred harp singing over Zoom. It would, uh, yeah. I think it would, so you, you'd lose, uh, you'd lose a good amount. Is of the it. world just yeah. like so yeah. traumatic right now that this is what people are doing? Yes. And so they, and so then they, yeah. they go take it a step further and they, they legitimize it and through the neoliberal lens by saying, I have DID, I self diagnose. Yeah. We've moved well, on yeah, so, from like the autism diagnosis of however many years ago, which is how creatives, you, outside the box creatives used to identify, right? Self-diagnosed yeah. autism. It also excuses my my social whatever, yada, yeah. yada, And we've moved in from, there was, I think the schizo thing is still a thing. I think it's being eclipsed by DID. Yeah. Well, so that's actually, that's like a um, uh, another TikTok phenomenon that I kind of, uh, I don't know if it's like my personal bias or not, but I sort of identify it as, as kind of operating in tandem with reality shifting, which is systems talk. Mm. Uh, uh, are you all familiar with 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 systems? Break, I, break it down. I, I have like a little bit of familiarity and it. Yeah, it seems like there are some similarities, um, but it's they're definitely related phenomena. What's um, what's the, but the ins and outs? Yeah. Give us your rundown. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak it uh, or like sort of like, like define it inaccurately. So I'm going to, uh, let's just do systems, uh, urban dictionary. There you go. And, uh, see what they have to say about it. The real shit. Um, ba basically like, uh, systems is sort of like, a, a, a sort of, uh, like a, a zoomer based kind of conception of DID, um, where someone's body is like host to like a uh a number like of a, a system yeah. of, of disparate personalities so it's sort of like a, a kind of like it's like a pop conception of um of like did that's sort of like uh i don't know um uh i'm a, i'm just gonna read off of the uh the urban dictionary definition for systems uh, system, among many other things, refers to the collective of alters within one body inhabited by multiple people. Uh, this is good because this seems like this is written by like a, a believer. Uh, the context is um, almost always the highly stigmatized mental disorders, DID, dissociative identity disorder, or OSDD, otherwise specified dissociative disorder, which both share the defining symptom of multiple alternate states of consciousness, colloquially referred to as alters or multiple personalities. Uh, these alters often have different memories, abilities, etc., and can be just as different and well-defined as any other people in the world. 
Um, system refers to the collective of alters within one body. Um, uh, so I guess like uh, what I was saying when I um, when I dropped off is that uh, I kind of I feel like the like the sort of like uh, overlap in the Venn diagram between uh, systems and uh, reality shifting is that uh, it at least in like my experience of really only encountering both of these things through uh, like the, the mediated uh, form of like TikTok is that a lot of the time these people's like alters uh, are very much kind of like um, perceptions of other personalities as defined by like how people act in like fictional environments. Mm. Yeah. So you, so there's, there's like an element of fictional, like, so, so somebody's one of somebody's alters is like a Potterverse figure or like, are there, or maybe they're, they're, they're like someone's approximation of another person through like the lens of like the media. They, uh, um, I, I guess like the, what I'm oh. thinking of is that like a lot of the time, like, people uh who who profess to be like a system uh like their um their alters will use like soy banter or something like that like um uh means of expression that like actual people don't really use yeah it's like, like a mediatized personality yeah. like uh yeah yeah, like yeah. uh yeah i've got an an msnbc style alter I've got uh, my my soy style alter. Dude, I've this, got this, my... this study is yeah. insane because it actually cites Robert Monroe's Heming Sink Institute as the bit genesis of this. Okay, fuck. Okay, Whoa. that's a, that's another wow. rabbit there's, hole. There's a category called respawning. It says, some R's practitioners are motivated to permanently sever their ties with the CR, current reality, and live in an alternate DR of choice attempting to leave their clones. Someone who will oh, continue God. interacting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it has a whole piece about. Um, so is that the way that it interacts with tulpamancy? Is that you basically leave like a tulpa of yourself behind when you go to Hogwarts? Or yes, whatever? it's very protein. Oh, tulpa NPC. Right. And they say wow. they say when you go to their reality, can you tell them? And the advice is often, well, they might think you're crazy because that reality is as real to them as the one you came from. So no. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure they're like really horrible dark rabbit holes of people you know uh trying to leave uh this reality or their their dr permanently um i forget i can't remember how final fantasy house ended um i don't remember if anybody died or not in the end well this um, i don't i don't think anybody you know. died i mean it's there's like a lot of murkiness in how final fantasy 7 house ended because um a lot of the the sort of primary sources that you have for that pertain only to that um, to like the the house and state college PA, and there were um, other message board posts on on like other forums uh, where people kind of assumed that like people that were being talked about were people from Final Fantasy VII houses, but it was never like corroborated. Mm. Um, so like um, who are the who are the names of like. Jen and Hojo just sort of like went dark basically um, after uh, like uh, the collection of people that posted um, like their stories to a public warning, uh, like stopped interacting with them. Yeah, that uh, yeah, we'll we'll also put the link to that uh, that episode of Mother Based. That's really key viewing for anybody who wants to. <laughs> uh drill down into the uh the phenomenon of of uh the, the story of the, the final note here on diplomacy and mm. the differences between these things is uh fascinating rs involves the creation of alternate innerscapes artifactual represent representations of the mind a spatially extended world in contrast tulpas are essentially the adult version of imaginary companions a natural phenomenon among children associated oh. with a range of positive developmental outcomes Although there is no evidence that tulpamancy is psychopathological per se, the literature suggests that people with dissociative disorders are more likely to report having imaginary friends. So unlike having parallel alternate worlds that individuals believe they are transported to, tulpas accompany persons and their real worlds and are often described as a way to experience a meaningful relationship and a fluid individuality. This is, I think this is what I think is the important part. 
by challenging cultural assumptions about the superiority of singular identity and by advocating a plurality of identity as a normal psychological preference. So I think like, look man, there are myriad aspects to who we are. I think the illusion of a singular identity is kind of falling apart these days and trying to keep it all together is how you end up with things like this. I mean, there's, there, there, it's, it's Jesus and, and Legion in the Bible, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this guy in the edge of town who, who says he's possessed, and people read this as a mental health allegory today, or they read yeah. it as a supernatural, he's possessed. I have always read it as that is someone who has myriad selves they are presenting to yeah. the supermarket, to their job, to their wife, to the yeah. soccer team, to whoever the fuck. And yeah, there's even like a, a mimetic... Uh, representation of that and like the, the meme format that I think was going around last year where it's like uh, me on Instagram, me on Tumblr, me right. on Twitter. Right. Uh, and there's, a con there's, a, there's a conflict in yeah. trying to, to reconcile these things. So that, right. the story with, with Jesus, he's just like, just put it all aside for a second. Exist without, yeah. any, without any of the ego. You will be able to find peace. And what's funny about that story is when they come back in town and Jesus is like, hey, I, uh, he's good. We're good. Everyone is terrified yeah. because everyone is, 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 is held within rapture with their own egos. So to be presented with someone who is no longer affected by this insecurity of presentation of selfhood, you got to get the fuck out. And that's what they do. The townspeople to make Jesus and this guy fucking leave after asking yeah. him for his help. Well, I think there's – so I think this problem yeah. has been around since as long as ego yeah. has emerged. Yeah. I, one – like I, I – what you just said makes me. Uh, I've got two kind of things I'm. I'm thinking right now. Hit us now. with them, Daddy. Give one two punch. Let's well, do one it. thing is like just more of a, a technical question about about systems or people who are kind of self-professing to be these systems. Like, and as it regards telepomancy, like, are there altars like imaginary friends that they can see in the room or or talk to when you know the the main? I I, for, I forget. I think there's like terminology for kind sure of with like shifting primary now it's like all else well not not shifting but for like for systems for people who have altars uh, like altars come yes. into the body and kind of you switch from one to the in other in this reality but i don't think you can in this reality it's not like an imaginary friend where all your altars could kind of hang out with you um as like tulpas would um that's, yeah i don't i don't yeah. think it's like in a like hypnosis either where like you can have like a, you know, I think, I think it was Erickson like talked about being able to basically like hip, uh, hypnotize people to have like an alternate personality that would be able to like keep tabs on the other personality. Mm. So like in like, in like his example from like, uh, like his, his like conversations with uh, people at like the FBI, you would basically have like a uh, one dominant personality that is like a card carrying communist. Uh, and then you'd have like an altar that was basically like uh, in league with the FBI and he'd basically be like uh, keeping tabs on like the, the communist personality as it like infiltrates, uh, you know, like uh, the AFL-CIO or uh, the Oswald. DSA or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, it, but it seems like it's like distinct from that. I, like all of the, the altars and like a systems uh, conception is like they're all separate. Yeah. They don't really like confer with each other and they're not aware of what the other personalities are doing. Do you think there's government contractors who just like go to work and they have a different persona at work and they leave and they just don't know what they did for eight hours and their persona doesn't know about their lives? I think there's like another show out there. It's on Apple TV, so I'm not going to watch it. What is it? Uh, it's called Severance. And I think the idea behind it is that it it's a complete separation between your oh, persona and your your uh relaxing persona but like he something fucks up and he stays the relaxing persona when he's back at work and oh so this uh, is a thing yeah oh, i don't know man. it sounded kind of interesting but yeah it's all out there well the the other thing i was thinking about um as you talked about like the the i am legion or or just this like there there is this recognition that okay yeah i'm i'm a different self with my parents than I am with my girlfriend than I am with my friends than I am with, you know, on and on and on, on, on Tumblr, on discord, on Instagram, etc. Um, and it kind of points to this, I think, deeper understanding that the, the, there is no kind of one self, you know, over time, our memories, our experience, 
um, generally coalesce into, you know, something that, uh, like broadly like hits the marks of, you know, a personality. Um, but that too, it can be a performance to a lesser or greater extent. Um, but instead of recognizing that there is kind of no one self, it is just this fluidity and, uh, just additive process of experience over time. Um, it's almost like you can preserve the ego by splintering the ego. And it's like, okay, it's not that there's, that there is nothing to hold on to. And then I'm always changing all the time and everything's fluid. It's like, no, there's, there's still stability. There's still like unchanging, you know, aspects or personalities. It's just that I have like five of them. Um, yeah. So it almost seems like a way of trying to grab hold onto something instead of like, yeah, like Christ counsels to the the possessed man. It's like, no, just, just be here now. Like, just, you know, like forget it all. Like there, there is nothing ex outside of like, just let go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did, did two of us wrote anti-edifice, right? Since <laughs> both of us are so it was already quite yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but like this, that, this but that's a little... wonderful historical analogy though. I think this has been around a long time. And for me, like this is, this is when you, when you look at old scripture like that, this is how you can relate. This is how yeah. you can relate to people across space time beyond the, beyond the uh, Godhead or whatever that's looming over the book. It's like, there's, there's more there. Yeah. Um, this is a little OT, but I, this reminded me uh, of this article that I read a while back that was on in uh, Newsweek, which I didn't even realize was still a publication. Uh, nice. This is from last year. It's titled Exclusive, Inside the Military Secret Undercover Army. Oh, uh, the largest undercover force the world has ever known is uh, the one created by the Pentagon over the past decade. Some 60,000 people now belong to the secret army, many working under masked identities and in low profile. So God, I remember broad... this story from like, uh, this was last year, right? I think yeah. I memory hold it already. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you um, for I'll, reminding me. I'll, I'll, all part of a broad program called Signature Reduction. The force, more than 10 times the size of the clandestine elements of the CIA, carries out domestic and foreign assignments, both in military uniforms and under civilian cover, in real life and online, sometimes hiding in private businesses and consultancies, some of them household name companies. The unprecedented shift has placed an uh, ever greater number of soldiers, civilians, and contractors working under false identities, partly as an, a natural result in the growth of secret special forces, but also as an intentional response to the challenges of traveling and operating in an increasingly transparent world. Uh, the explosion of Pentagon cyber warfare, moreover, has led to thousands of spies who carry out their day-to-day -day work in various made-up personas, the very type of nefarious operations the United States decries when Russia and Chinese spies do the same. Um, and then Based. just to go into, into sort of like a example of this, uh, I won't read too much into this, but uh, every morning at 10 a.m., Jonathan Darby embarks on his weekly rounds of mail call. Darby is not his real name, but it is also not the fake name on his Missouri driver's license that he uses to conduct his work. And the government car he drives, one of a fleet of over 200,000 federal vehicles owned by the General Services Administration, is also not registered in his real or his fake name, and nor are his magnetically attached Maryland state license plates um, really for his car, nor are they traceable back to him or his organization. Where Darby works at and the locations he visits are also classified. Uh, so New Newsmax, Newsmax writes this. No, Newsweek. Newsweek. Newsmax. What the fucking yeah. fuck? How, like, this is obviously a, a, a piece of propaganda, right? This is obviously yeah. puppies. This is not. This is not like hard-hitting undercover journalism in which one guy We're behind the fucking obscurity. I think. Have a little taste. This is we'll like just little, so you know anything yeah. you consume, so don't even try to get out of yeah. it because it's everywhere. I feel like because why else? Riddling this one. Out why would some guy just come to them and be like, "Here's all my here's all the things I do." Yeah. To well, keep who, my identity. who the hell wrote this? Who is the author? Oh, uh, the author is not, like. That's not what's her name? I'm looking him up right uh, now. William M. Arkin. Called A R K I N. Um, but yeah, all the photos in the article are like uh, photos of like uh, I'm posting them to our our text chat. They're like photos of like uh, surveillance. Uh, Dude, he's a former like, United States Army soldier. Sorry. Wow. He, he's he's the military affairs analyst for the Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, the New York oh Times. Oh my god. You know, I don't even have so, to yeah. read this shit anymore. I know exactly. Like, oh my god. Yet another like limited hangout. But boy, if this isn't what? like one that'll just sort of Whoa. like make your brain boil. That's a mask. That third yeah. picture is, oh my God. Yeah. So this is literally like, uh, there's a section later in the article where they actually talk about um, people oh my like, God. 
you know, just like delivering packages and stuff, wearing these like very well, like bad obvious, grandpa like, prosthetics. like old man yeah. suit. Is that Johnny Knoxville? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Wait, and that shoe looks like it's from Get Smart, the 1960s TV show version of spying. It's got the phone. Like, what the fuck? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, this quiet company can transform any object, including a person, as they do in Hollywood. A silicon face appliance sculpted to perfectly alter someone's looks. They can age, change gender, and increase body mass, as one classified contract says. And they can change fingerprints using a silicon uh, sleeve that so snugly fits over a real hand it can't uh, be detected. Embedding altered uh, fingerprints or even impregnated with the oils found in real skin. Ask whether the appliance is effective, one source who has gone through the training labs. If I tell you, I'll have to kill you. So funny. <laughs> oh, well, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's not I like would put money gonna... down. No, go I ahead. would put money down on uh, the guy who made that joke being the guy who reality shifted the office. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is yeah, like... This guy's Wikipedia page is dark. Oh, <laughs> no. He's advised yeah. the Office of Secretary of Defense, the CIA, various offices of the Air Staff, various senior service schools and war colleges, Office of the yeah. Chief Naval Operations, Naval Intelligence, the United States Air Force Central Command, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the National Photographic Interpretation Center, the Joint Warfare Analysis Center, and various, quote, lessons learned, quote, projects, operations, enduring look, the Gulf War Air Power Survey, Center for Naval Analysis. He's also been a consultant on Iraq to the Office of the Secretary General of the United Nations. Yeah. Nicholas Windust, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Bro. I, I don't even... I don't... But, I mean, okay, he started in U.S. Army Intelligence, and then he... This is interesting. Yeah, he, uh, he retired and worked he, was in, for, he started in West Berlin, uh, okay, so it's, so it's you know, yeah. it's a good, good, good place to start your career, right? Uh, he wrote four volumes of the Nuclear Weapons Data Book series, the National Resources Defense Council. Um, volume two revealed locations of all U.S. and foreign nuclear bases worldwide and was condemned by the Reagan administration. <laughs> the administration sought the jailing of Arkin for revealing locations of American and Soviet nuclear weapons around the world. His subsequent revelation of many nuke research efforts by the Pentagon led to a congressional ban of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. He discovered a secret U.S. plans to secretly move nuclear weapons overseas. Like, I feel so you're right. He probably is the limited hangout who, like, blows the lid off of things to yeah. Yeah. contain them, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the general. Jesus, dude, he's. Yeah, I'm gonna have to just. Uh, he was the first military analyst that. to visit post-war Iraq in '91. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, it all it all. Let's get him out. on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, William Arkin, if you're listening to this, um, yeah, come on the pod. Yeah, please come on the pod. Well, I mean, yeah, the, no, the the extent to which like there is this broad parallel or these I don't know tantalizing linkages between all of these um, military and like spy you know uh agency tradecraft stuff and um mental illness tiktok or mental health tiktok I yeah don't. i mean yeah i think when uh when uh are, are we what names do y'all use on here are, are you guys like is it just oh uh, we're, we're nate and derek yeah we are okay we have we have doxed ourselves yeah okay just just checking um wasn't sure if you were using any of your alters <laughs> yeah. um not today but uh um, but, uh, I think like when, uh, Derek and I first talked about doing this episode, like, like one of the interesting things to me about systems talk was that, uh, people are basically sort of like self-diagnosing themselves with like the mental illnesses that like, uh, I don't know, Michael Aquino was basically trying to like induce in people through like satanic ritual yeah, abuse, real. Like, like 40 that's years what's ago. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of those, those techniques that the, that the government pioneers or these things do end up. Uh, just in the general marketing environment, the general atmosphere yeah. of what we do. I mean, this yeah. what Aquino calls magic is now what people like calls shifting. They do. They do. Everything they ends up themselves. in the private sector sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like one of the big MK Ultra things. You know, is uh, was creating yeah uh, distinct personalities that could either like spy, like you said, Nick could could spy on the other or. Um, could be triggered at a whim, fly across the world. Nowhere. I mean, this is this is going on since what? We know, like twenties or the thirties, right? It's yeah. like, so uh, you know to think it all shut down uh, because of Congress, because of fucking Kennedy and whatever. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. So imagining the confluence of these things is also fascinating as well. 
um, the appropriation of like spiritual revelatory experiences shifted towards one, I capital IP, IP capital, right? Really? Yeah. It's, it's like, well, if we have to, if we have to shift people, people are shifting into something that's like, let it be a franchise. So you can grow up yeah. and you can be like at the, at the lowest end, a fucking brand ambassador at Disneyland, or you could go yeah. work for them and continue to expand the IP. Because you, yeah. you are not allowed to shift into a made-up reality. You have to shift into one that exists as an IP. It's very so much like be, colonizing yeah. your fantasies. It's just yeah. like it's just like a religious institution yeah. monopolizing the imagination on heaven and hell. About yeah, it's like the oh yeah, totally. That's a that's a great way. Only to put it. only communicating through like certain books of the Bible, right? And if it's like outside of that realm, it's like oh, you're flirting with some blasphemy, you know. So yeah. there's there's a lot. Yeah, my mind is being fucking totally, right totally yeah. um, territorializing and um, dominating the the, the sphere the of imagination. imagination or right? yeah. I mean, I to a certain extent, like that's what popular media, you know, has been doing for a Dude, long Plato, time. Like Plato said, was right. We never should have written. We never should anything have started writing anything down. He was right. We, yeah. Writing we, we was a mistake. The, 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 the oratory tradition of teacher and student. Yeah. And everything fucking fell apart. And it's 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 like, hey, we have books and everyone has a moderate level of education now. And he but he he saw even further into the future. He's like, no. Uh-uh. I, in fact, yeah. I heard his ghost burn the Library of Alexandria down. That's what happened. Whoa. Oh, that's a that's a pretty wow, big. Yeah, cool. I, I like that uh, interpretation yeah, of history. That's beautiful. Just like um, you stop writing things down. At the very least, we need some kind of like a corporate reformation or something. How, yeah, I feel how like so? we were close. I don't know. I feel like we were closer to something like that, uh, like twenty years ago or something. Back when, like. Um, uh, writing like slash fan fiction was like a lot more popular because that was like a communal based activity. Like people had like, you know, differing, uh, you know, uh, storylines that would be enacted through, uh, like the, the stories that they would write about IPs, but at the very least sort of like, um, something that like, in, something where people's like, I don't know, uh, uh, divine desires like interacted with other people. I mean, well, Forty, Forty Shades of Grey was Twilight fan fiction. Exactly. They just removed, exactly. they just removed yeah. the supernatural. But what if yeah. they were just people? It's like, oh, that's really racy. Yeah. Didn't, um, it was, it was um, uh, Brad Trammell's contention or, or thesis on his Q report, right? That it was kind of just like an exercise in collective fan fiction writing. Um, so maybe it's yeah. maybe it's not all dead. But who said, the, sure... who said the arts are dead? You know? Yeah, yeah um, exactly. I would also contend that uh, um, in the long run, uh, QAnon will end up being uh, less detrimental to the uh, human psyche than RussiaGate will end up being. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. To see, um, mm, yeah, I, 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 I could buy that uh, definitely. Um, yeah. Because QAnon will probably not end in a limited nuclear exchange. I mean, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's that, QAnon's kind of gotten yeah. to a point where I, so in my line of work, I do encounter a Q people. I do. And Whoa. and it's 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 on the blue and white collar level. Hmm. And you just have to, you just, it's like the easiest thing to do is to respect the belief and not engage with it when you're like busy and you're going through things. It's like, yeah, we could go, we could go tete a tete. We could do this, but yeah. Uh, Hey, you got your beliefs and I got mine. Let's let's uh, let's move on. And yeah. and it's the easiest thing to do. I just it's only recently it's dawning on me that it's just part of the fabric now. And yeah, and it's in the it's, ambient. It's fallen yeah. into the liberal notions of like, hey, respect their beliefs, man. Actually, I defend your right to believe in QAnon. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. If you don't force it on me, it's fine. But I, I will I will die yeah. for you to have that belief. This is what this is what yeah. my grandfather died in World War II. It's like. That is the level we've gotten to with these things. Yeah, and the I mean, it's uh, it's seeing you know, it, it's pick your pick your you know root cause of all evil. Um, uh, you know what? If you're in a queue, I'll be like, hey, but we can both we can both agree on class issues, right? Yeah, if I gotta get all the cues in on this. We got a class conspiracy going on here. That's a real conspiracy. Let's well, make it work. Yeah. Okay? If it's yeah, billionaires and they're, they're taking the kids and there's adrenochrome, well, that's their class. That's what they do. We don't yeah. need, let's, yeah. let's talk about it. I mean, this is pretty well-tread territory, but the thing I can yeah. never really get around is like, why would conservative billionaire or like why, you know, the idea that there are good and bad 
like Trump as this like white hat pedophile. White hat, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, he was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein all the time in the 80s. To, like, but that's a deep cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Deep cover. He could yeah. never get undercover if he didn't, he didn't participate. I mean, what are you, an idiot? Yeah, he had to do some Fucking stuff. Stupid. <laughs> he had to get his I mean, he dirty. actually had, Trump so, yeah. actually has an altar, and it's just like another Trump. That's it. There's just yeah. like Trumps all the way down, but they're all altars. Yeah. He's so, yeah. To, um, to, to wind it back to Zack Snyder, I, I would like to say that I it's my belief that um, – uh, Zack Snyder and Michael Bay are the only two non-pedo directors in Hollywood. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, like they, could be, they, they could be like on like the Epstein Island, but there would just be like, uh, like a hot chick washing like a, like a Camaro, like in like the circular drive in front of the little, you know, mm. like uh blue and white striped building. They'd just be sitting in lawn chairs watching her wash this. Yeah. Car. They'd be like, this is sick. And, this is the coolest thing Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you know Jeffrey Epstein would come out and be like, you know, uh, we got we got some kids inside, and uh, they'd be like, no, we're we're good, no, we're good, right this, this here. Sure you don't want to come into my palace of power? It's like we got all the power out right here, man. We're, we're doing really cool yeah. occult rituals in there. It's like, about, shut up, yeah, nerd. We're gonna reboot this Transformers. <laughs> this is what it's about. We got Justin Lin yeah. on the horn. We just came up with a new. We're, we're calling it Past and the Furious. Where else are they gonna go? Yeah, Past to go. <laughs> yeah, we're getting Young Toretto, Old Toretto. It's gonna be great. This is where actually I'm shifting here later. I've already thought about it. <laughs> You know, in the last movie, they introduced young Toretto and the, and the brother Whoa. they never talked about for the whole fucking franchise, which is John Cena. It makes no goddamn sense. They don't look anything like the fuck. But he always had yeah. a brother the whole time who is a bad guy. And of course, everyone in this movie is into vehicular warfare of some sort. So he's like a vehicular warfare master. And it's just, you know, don't worry, though. Whoa. They let him go at the end because family. So it's all. Do they ever do like a like a, a thing where it's like them as like the good car drivers versus like yeah. uh, ISIS guys that do like ba ba bad car they're, driving? They're basically like full on like crowds. neoliberal agents, and they're the best in the world, and they're all retired. But like when you need the best, you know, and it's like so I'm retired. It's like hey, yeah. but like your brother. Oh fuck! So my my fantasy is my idea. I for thought I was out. We're shifting. Okay, okay, we're going back to the past. All of Dominic, Dominic, all of Vin Diesel's IPs come back in Fast and Furious, Past and the Furious. We have everything he's ever been. We got Riddick here, you know. We got the got the thing from. Oh, the, we're bringing in the multiverse. All the Vin Diesels got, are coming okay. into all okay. of them. Yes. You even have the Iron Giant because he did mm -hmm. the voice, right? Okay, hell yeah. They're all pulled out of strategic moments before their demises in their own movies, and they get a whole other movie. I imagine well, the Iron Giant goes back to the end, and before he blows up, the kid's like, you can be whatever you want. He's just like, ta da and he dies. <laughs> like, and it, I just, if you just think about it, it's just so rich. There's so many doms. I think they're going to do one where there is a little time travel, and he works with young, Dom, young Dominic to make well, something happen, but that's my idea. They all shift into one movie. And Diesel, if you're listening to this, I know you're a huge Dungeons & Dragons fan. I respect your Riddick franchise. Well, I think Pitch Black was good. I'm not sure about the other ones, but we can talk. Let's figure this out, okay? I'm all yeah. about it. Well, maybe I'm hyperstitioning this. I'm gonna <laughs> consult on it. All right. If if we're getting to uh, speculative movie ideas, maybe a good way to wrap up the record would be to ask Nick about Ghostbusters three. Do um, thing. Uh, I don't. No, I'm. I don't. Are I don't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, yeah. I know. I know Nick has uh, has told me in the past about his. Uh, no, Nick. I want your Schindler's right. List movie, dude. When yeah. he told me yeah, about. Yeah. Well, if you want, I could do both. Um, because right. uh, I, I have I have a lot of movies. I movie ideas. Um, one one of the ones that's like sort of like less well put together is like a coming of age story about a young boy who's. Uh, elderly uh jewish grandfather makes him visit all 50 holocaust memorials uh in the united states for his summer vacation uh, in every state it's like there's like one in every yeah. state oh, wow i i assume so, so good. but like for like the purpose of like the movie yeah he he's like dragged on this like road trip with his like um elderly jewish grandfather to like visit every uh holocaust memorial in uh, uh the united states um but so like the two most like fully formed film ideas i have are ghostbusters 3 uh, and a uh, film I am colloquially uh, referring to as Wes Anderson's The Holocaust. Um, <laughs> so good. Um, Damn it. But, uh, uh, but I'll, I'll, do, uh, I'll do Ghostbusters 3 first because it's slightly shorter. Um, uh, Ghostbusters 3 is basically like, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted it to be like a true sequel to like the first two films. 
Um, and in uh, Ghostbusters 3, uh, takes place in like the 2010s. Uh, after 9-11, the Ghostbusters uh, become like military contractors uh, because uh, during the invasion of Iraq, they encounter a lot of jinn. Uh, and as like the foremost sort of like uh, occultist, uh, you know, Ghostbusters in the United States, they basically become like the uh, like Northrop Grumman of uh, <laughs> getting rid of Jen. Did Reza uh, write this? this? Is so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, uh, yeah. Uh, in 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 Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, they send uh, Rick Moranis's character over uh, to sort of like lead the program, and and you know like he doesn't act anymore. So the way that we write his character out of the film is that he got PTSD. Uh, and ended up taking his own life. Um, so, wait, 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 uh, wait. Do, movie... do we get to his ghost to come back? Eventually. Okay, good. Um, okay, I'm sorry. I just... uh, but but so um, uh, uh, but so that's sort of like the the sort of like media like montage that take that like that like leads the movie in. This is like catching you up to like where the movie actually starts, uh, which is. Uh, the opening day of uh, Freedom Tower 1, or whatever they call it. Uh, and basically, like, as soon as Freedom Tower is completed, uh, it turns into, like, a ghost version of the World Trade Center Tower uh, that I basically just, like, imagine uh, turns into two sort of, like, giant legs and is just stamping its way, like, first, like, across Manhattan and then just sort of, like, across America. And the animating force for this World Trade Center ghost is uh, all of the people that died in 9-11 because they, uh, in their uh, death, become aware that 9-11 was an inside job, that it was basically perpetrated by the Saudis, and uh, the Bush administration is like a means to start a war on terror uh, in the Middle East. And clearly they're upset about um, like uh, them being killed as part of a giant PSYOP. Completely understandable. So, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, like in all the Ghostbusters movies, they always have to sort of start from like a, a, a low point. And basically, like, they have become like vilified by the media for their role as military contractors. And, uh, you know, this is like the early days of like the Obama presidency. So, anybody that had anything to do uh, oh, with, like, uh, with like uh, um, the Bush era war on terror, very vilified by the media. Oh, like, broke down. So, it's like back to basics. Yeah, they're literally like back in like the, yeah. the fire department yeah. building. Yeah, okay. And I'm then, in. I'm fucking uh, in. Let's go. And then uh, Barack Obama comes and is like, uh, listen here, uh, we have an issue. Uh, there's a, a giant ethereal uh, World Trade Center and it's uh, wreaking havoc on the city and uh, our nation and uh, we need you to uh, do something about it. Uh, um, so basically what they figure out is that... Wait, like, did they ever commit um, war crimes? Uh, I imagine there'd be a full like, pardon involved for this. Like for all the, for the war like crimes the only... we didn't do, you know, full pardon. Yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. like Maybe the Bill only Murray person, did a little war crime. <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray definitely did a little war crimes. Um, uh, uh, so basically, what they they figure out they need to do is they basically need you know there's always like the sort of like uh, quasi physics aspect of like the Ghostbusters movies, and what they decide they need to do is they need to reenact uh, 9/11 with the ghosts of the two planes that were used on the World Trade Center, but they need to invert the uh ethereal field of both of them oh, so that right. when it collides with like the world trade center ghost it like they negate each other mm, um the catch is that but the terror uh, are the the terrorists involved or in, in death did they also realize the psyop and join up with the with the other victims of the um i kind of imagine them as being sort of like a ghost crew that like uh is on the ship but they don't actually uh pilot it because uh, the way in which they, they figure a lot of this out is they find out that uh, Osama bin Laden is actually alive and well, and he's living uh, in the villages in Florida. <laughs> and he uh, is like... Um, uh, Not outside uh, the realm so, of like, possibility. And so they conscript him to be one of... The, they need like two physical pilots to pilot the planes. So they get uh, uh, undead Osama bin Laden to pilot one plane, and then they get uh, Bill Murray volunteers to pilot the other one because uh you know he's done horrible things in his life uh are they, are they in headsets also, so it's murray and osama are like talking and like at the same time coordinating the lights yeah it's a very totally. charged moment you know they're they're sacrificing um, I, I feel like they could good. have this similar sense of dry humor for some reason i don't know I <laughs> yeah. they, might, they might actually really get along but yeah yeah totally um yeah so they are they are like talking to each other over the headsets and uh um uh right before they hit the towers um, Bill Murray pulls out one last cigarette. He's like looking through his like flight jacket. And he's like, oh, I don't have a lighter. 
And all of a sudden, a green hand reaches into the screen with a Zippo and lights a cigarette. And he looks over, and Slimer is sitting in the co-pilot seat. And he's wearing like a little like old school aviator's cap, and he's got a silk scarf on. He's like, "Let's do this." <laughs> I, I just, I just about to shift right into this fucking rally right now. <laughs> it's so rich, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, maybe with that. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, no. Okay. What's the song yeah. though? You know, Ghostbusters two. There, there's the dumb song that everyone in New York is like, "Oh, this is what we need to get the positive vibes up to fuel the, the thing, the Statue of Liberty to fight the Stave Puff Marshmallow." What's the song? There has to be a song. Um, it's got. Right, I would say, like for the era, Limp it would Biscuit. be something or by Pitbull. I think. Oh, okay. Given like the 2010s era. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be a song yeah. by like Pitbull. Well, Nick, uh, thank you so much uh, for giving your time, uh, for coming on the pod. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you'd, you'd want to plug? Um, I'm, trying to, um, I'm trying to think. Watch Mother Based. Um, yeah, watch Mother yeah. Based. YouTube. Yeah. What's the name of your YouTube channel? I think it is. Uh, I think it's just Mother underscore Based. All right, you heard it, kids. Yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a VTubing uh, show. It's based, It's sort of basically about like, internet internet culture kind of in a very general way we did the final fantasy 7 house episode we've done an episode about um chris chan uh upcoming episodes i think we're gonna do one i want to do a deep dive into brock pierce at some point and i Please. would also like to do like a, a report episode on uh sort of like the phenomenon of schizo posting oh i would i would love to uh i have a lot to say about that yeah. how do i how do i do i need a vtubing setup to be to do this what do I need? What's the minimum uh, buy? All you need is a all you need is a webcam, honestly, and, uh, and a bunch of proprietary software. But like that's basically it. Oh, I'm, oh, hey, dude, I'm, I'm, I think I'm your there. battle station could. Uh, yeah, I got, I got a rig. I'm down for yeah, the, I'm yeah. down for the schizocast. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Do I have to pick an avatar? Yeah, yeah. we'll get it. We'll get you animate animate up. Yeah, mm, I'll have to. I'll you know maybe it's like Toretto. Maybe it's like, like a oh you get uh, cat, oh, yeah. Catboy Toretto or like uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, but, yeah. All right. Um, I think with that, uh, yeah, we can uh, can sign off. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this was really great. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I know my rent was gonna be late about a week ago. I worked my ass off, but I still can't pay it though. But I got just enough to get off in this club. Had me a good time. Thank you for listening to Pneumatic Materials.